0: K-Q-E-D.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel.
0: I'm Carly. And I'm Jamidra.
1: And we're the hosts of The, the Cooler. Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary.
2: This week we're talking about how everyone is going viral.
0: We're also going to be talking about how Paul Rudd is the best for a weird reason,
1: and we're also talking about why Jessica Chastain is also the best for a weird okay. reason. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Get on board.
2: <laughs> Guess who's back?
1: Back again.
2: I'm here, guys.
1: It's Jamidra. Here.
2: Oh, I have risen. Our third musketeer. Right. So, guys. We're going viral. Yeah. And I don't mean the internet. I mean all of us are going viral. At least two out of three of us are going viral. So for people who didn't get the reference, I was not here because I was impacted by a virus, specifically influenza. Oof. Oh, nice uh, full title. You yeah, full there. title. We, we Me and influenza are very her,
1: intimate. Her God-given way. Spanish
2: name. Yes. <laughs> we know one another really well after my <laughs> close encounter last week, in which I ended up in the ER. Attached to an IV. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's the Facebook check-in no one wants
0: to see. Yeah. I, I was alarmed when I saw that.
2: <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. As a mother of three, it was the best rest I had all like in the last six years. You <laughs> savvy woman. I was like, can I just stay here?
0: You're like,
1: finally, alone time. <laughs>
2: and then emmanuel you have fallen also
1: i had so much empathy for you last week that then i came down with influenza
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean it was the empathetic strain yeah. exactly I, and
1: here. i almost died that was rough <sighs> and i was in seattle of all places and like in an airbnb getting my germs on all the stranger stuff and oh, i felt oh, really bad
2: seattle. see and that's how it starts okay mm-hmm. see my oldest kid came home from school he had it he gave it to me i then i guess transmitted it to the twins then my husband got it, so all of us were sick at one point. Flash Listen, if I could do it all over again, I'd put Isaiah in a tent in the backyard, <laughs> yeah. boy in the quarantine, bubble. Him. <laughs> zip him right up. I think this is the first time that I was that I actually got the flu. I cannot remember another time in my life where it. I've had a cold before. Mm. I've had the quote stomach flu before, which is not really the flu. That's a whole other thing. But I've had that. That's a diet. That's a, diet. <laughs> that's a di- yeah. That's a that's
0: a diet. Oh, my jacket fits beautifully.
2: <laughs> the last time actually the
0: one and only time I had the flu, I hallucinated that Orlando Bloom was in the room with me. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Well, you know what? I wouldn't mind catching that flu. Well, now. this is you the just... thing. I was a teenage girl. So obviously my brain kind of went to the nearest kind of sexual fantasy. It was Legolas.
1: Wow. He paid
0: a visit to me. And also the room had become a cathedral.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Influenza hooks it up. Yeah, She's a good way, friend.
2: All the way up. He's kind of into it.
1: She was like, you want Legolas? You got (laughs) them. Exactly. You want stained glass? Here you go.
2: All the fantasies you could wish for right here. Amen. So, you know, I had to do my Googles because I was like, I've never had this before. (laughs) I did some research and I learned some things. I'm interested. So, there are three main types. So, there's type A.
0: Type B and type C. And type A is the one that's really organized. It's kind of annoying. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Type B is the shyer one. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, still kind of upfront. You guys were so generous to laugh
0: at my crappy type A joke, by the way. Thank you. I love you both.
2: So type A is literally like common in wild aquatic birds. Ooh. Oh. So we're talking about like swine flu, bird flu. Oh, Lord. Mm, okay. So this is not just, it's not just limited to humans. Type B mainly affects humans and oddly enough, seals and ferrets. Seals and ferrets. (laughs) Right. Hello. And then type C affects humans, pigs, and dogs. Oh. So you thought Fido was just sneezing because he had allergies. Mm, You gave him the flu. Oh, God, that genuinely has broken my heart about the idea of making my dog sick. Right? You can basically catch it through sort of like close contact with somebody who has it if they sneeze. So if you're on the airplane hacking it up, now the person next to you is sick. Well,
1: Let me say this. I did feel bad about the plane thing as well. I get on the plane. Half of these people already have the flu. (laughs) There was this one girl like shivering. She was singing that Katy Perry song in her head to herself. You're hot, then you're cold. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) That's how it feels to have the flu. It does. Shivering. But you're hot. You're hot, hot and, and shivering.
0: Was this and a plane? You're, you're sure you it was a natural airplane you got onto? Well,
1: it's weird because Legolas was there. That's so, like, maybe so it wasn't Weird.
0: Real? And it was all cathedral-y. I and... was in,
1: quote, Seattle, which is also the name of a cathedral. No. <laughs> I was actually there, but it didn't really matter because I could have just stayed Lord. home. Lord.
2: So, close contact, then touching surfaces, as you were doing in the Airbnb. Oh, oh. The flu can be transmitted in that way also. I hope they boiled
0: those bed sheets. That's all I'm going to say. Get the bleach.
2: <laughs> Get the bleach. So, depending on where you live, flu season can be any time. The closer you live to the equator, it's literally any time of the year. Anybody could get it. Anybody can get it. Anyone, anywhere. You get the flu. You get the 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 flu. flu. You're on the beach chilling. Flu. Okay? (laughs) Flu. So be careful when you're down in the
1: tropics. You pet a dog? Flu. Flu. You pet a seal? Flu. flu.
2: Saw a pigeon? Flu.
1: (laughs) Was it wild and aquatic? You got the flu.
2: Okay. (laughs) Got an email from a (laughs) ferret? Flu. (laughs) Everybody's got the flu. So it's like literally three to five million cases every year, okay? 250,002. 500,000
3: deaths oh, each year. No. So the
2: next time you call in, say because you got the flu, you tell them people die. I love that your comeback episode is a medical special. I'm just like, this is a PSA. Okay. Incredible. I've got to educate people.
0: Dr. D-
1: Dr. Quinn is in. She will see you now. <laughs> I will
0: see you. God, I used to love Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. I think but, I told you my Jane Seymour story, right, where I met her and she was very unfriendly. What? <gasps> That's it. That's the story. Met her, very unfriendly. How was she unfriendly? Um, She just was not exuding warmth. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah, I wasn't into it.
1: But she's incredibly well preserved. You know who else mm-hmm. is mean? Who? Molly <laughs> Rainwald.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Heard it here. Yeah.
1: Personal experience. Mm, anyway. Yeah.
0: Disappointing, isn't it? Never meet <laughs> your hair. Disappointing celebrity. You'll always be disappointed. <sighs>
1: but you know what the great equalizer is? What? They've both probably had the flu.
2: You know what? Yeah. We are, we've all had it. We all
1: same together. That's me bringing it back to your we talking points. We all point. lovely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> So speak, you know who else knows a lot about the flu? The World Health Organization. Well, they should. They know a ton, and each year they get together and they decide based on those flu strains A, B, C, and all those different variants of. Because okay, so let's back it up. The flu is a virus, but it
1: mutates, so it's never the oh same. Okay, when it comes back,
2: it's like the, it doesn't come back the same. It's like
1: it's like an X Men sequel, never the same, but does exactly, mutate.
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Boom. So each year they get together and they decide based on all of the strains what they think. The seasonal strain will be. And then they come up with like a greatest hits concoction. And then that's what they distribute every year for the flu shot. Now that's what I call flu. Right? (laughs) Volume 70. (laughs) Exactly. So then you get the shot and you're like, I'm protected, right? But it might not be the one. Oh, it's a gamble. The exact, it's a gamble. Yeah. So get the flu
0: shot. (laughs) Don't don't get the flu. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get the flu. Just get the shot. It will take you out of podcast commission.
2: I will be getting the flu shot next year.
1: Same. Wait, oh, you didn't get it. I never get it. Neither did I.
2: I've never Guys, gotten it before. The... I have been touched. And I have, what is the what is the term that politicians use? I have evolved. Hey, there evolved. it is. I have evolved. Lessons have been learned. Exactly. <laughs> and I will be getting the shot. So usually each year we have a seasonal flu. Depending on the amount of people who die, it can be elevated to what's called a pandemic. Oh, Ooh. God. And then we're into the movie Contagion. Oh, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Spanish influenza. 1918.
1: 50 million people. Jeez. I remember from Downton Abbey. People died. You see?
0: Yeah, and they say it doesn't teach you anything. Right. Oh, sorry, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just you. <laughs> it taught me that I look good in harem pants. Hello. It taught me that Dan Stevens looks better now. <laughs>
1: we learned a lot.
2: <laughs> Asian influenza, 1957, two million deaths. What? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Hong Kong influenza, 1968, 1 million deaths. But you do notice the number of people who have died. Has gotten his lesson mainly because they're probably taking flu shots, and then you know, here I am. You never hear about that in like (laughs) the swinging sixties. Like, by the way, gazillions of people die. By the way, in Hong Kong, and that was last century. This century, I think we all remember the H one N one pandemic flu. Yep. So I did a few things that my grandmother taught me to do when I was a child. And then I looked up after the fact what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to care for yourself when you have a flu. And some of those things I wasn't supposed to do. But I made it out. (laughs) Grandma wisdom (laughs) is the best. So drinking would be one of those.
1: Yep. Hot toddy. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, you got to have the hot toddy. So I had this mix of hot toddy, cayenne pepper, lemon. Wait, that's just Beyonce's masterclass. Apple (laughs) cider vinegar. (laughs) mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And honey. And it, I tell you, and it made me sweat. And then I did something that the old folks, well, the old folks from Louisiana at least say you're supposed to do, which is to wrap yourself in blankets and sweat out. Oh, no. Wow. The sickness. No. I feel yeah. like more people have died due to that I advice in like,
1: <laughs> See <laughs> so, Hong Kong. See exactly. Asia, etc. cetera. But, but don't sweat oddly it out,
2: enough, I, I, after the fact, I I looked and felt like a wet washcloth, but I felt better. <laughs> although the risk of dehydration was like. <laughs> what about you guys? You guys have any any like remedies?
1: I called my mom on the way to record today to ask if we have any, like, passed down family things that I just forgot about. Right. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know, in that Greek movie that everyone has seen, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the the dad puts the Windex on everything. Like, do we have anything like that? And she was like, oh, well, that's a movie. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) Um, I'm aware of this. And she's like, I mean, all Greek people do is, like, eat fruit and, like, fresh fish and nothing processed. And I'm like... So you guys are healthy. All right. Invent but democracy. Anything else? Anything <laughs> weird? You know, like everyone carries around those little eyes. Oh, the like evil eye. Accessories. Yeah. And I was like, is that something like, don't get me sick. Don't wish for sickness on me. She was like, no, that's for when people are like jealous of you. And I'm like, all right, this is. Democracy. No. So to answer your question, my family has no special techniques on how Ugh. to not get the flu. So we have nothing like that. I don't believe Never.
2: it. I, I think that she just wants to keep it close to the vest. Yeah. Yeah, that's she was what like, what Oh, I'm you're thinking. putting this
1: wear on a podcast?
2: No, you will not reveal our Greek secrets. <laughs> no, you won't be doing that. Oh, well no. we have an ancient concoction in my family that's been passed down from generations and it's called Vix Vapor Rub. Hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was invented in medieval times, I believe. <laughs> was it not? My grandmother would rub that like, no matter what was happening. Broken arm, VIX, and rubber tussin. That is it. <laughs> That's all you get.
3: Oh what about God. you, Carly?
0: Uh, my family did not recognize the existence of sickness. Sickness was weakness and a sick day <laughs> off school certainly wasn't happening. Tough it out. My head would be dangling by the very thin <laughs> thread before I took the day off. That's only half true. Um when you asked me about remedies, I did my mind immediately did go to my father's remedy for cold sores, you know the little oh yeah little bump on the lip and it's just alcohol, just like soak like a cotton bud or a ball in mm-hmm. alcohol, and just hold it on your lip for like I don't know two days or something. Just walk um, around. Yeah, and he did was you say always, a
2: cotton bird, cotton ball. Oh, I thought you said cotton bird. I was like, oh, is, that a, no, is that a British co- thing? Cotton bud. Okay, <laughs> like a Q-tip. I was like, this is some that's some flu crossover. So you take a bird
1: and you soak it
2: in blood. Exactly. I was like, this is interesting. How did you eat it? That is, and that is how. The flu starts. That's
0: basically how it jumps. Really? <laughs> Stop messing with birds, guys.
1: That was actually the inspiration for When Doves Cry, is when you try to catch <laughs> one to put it on your cold sore. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, why?
0: Yeah.
2: Not again. Birds crying. Like... crying. You're <laughs> crying. No one's happy here. Not again. And since this is a pop culture podcast, you know we got to bring it on back to pop culture references and film. Bring it mm-hmm. on high. Let's enjoy a movie or two about pandemics. Yes, shall yes. we? No, let, let's not. Okay. okay. I think the first one that comes to mind for me is Contagion. And it stars everyone's favorite actor and actress in the 90s, Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon. Getting her head cut right open. You know what the sad thing is? Or the mean thing? And you know who you are, people. Listeners, you know who you are. I remember when the film came out that some people watched that film specifically just to watch Gwyneth Paltrow Oh, people in the theater
0: (laughs) I was in cheered as her head got sliced open (gasps) by that
2: tiny little saw. I was like, what is going on yeah so basically contagion 2011 film and it's all about what a cough can do and kill <laughs> oh, wow. what a cough can do <laughs> yeah
1: was the slogan watch her suffer
2: yeah pretty well, there were memes she dies in like the
1: Oh Oh, sorry spoiler yeah
2: there were memes there were gifts and matt damon was devastated and he had to figure it out and get to the bottom of what happened he had to look after his own
1: kids and he's like Ah, how do i do how? this how why do i well, do knowing matt damon he probably got to the bottom of it and he was like it was her own fault okay. it was the woman's fault <laughs> That's what I learned as a man who has opinions, who always shares them in Hollywood.
2: Oh, Matt Damon. It's absolutely our fault. So basically, wash your hands. Don't cough on anyone. Moral of the story. The other one that comes to
0: mind? Mm-hmm. Outbreak. Oh, my God. I love You remember Outbreak?
2: Outbreak? I literally just
0: watched Outbreak oh. for, like, the 30th time. And then I felt disappointed because it had Kevin Spacey in it. Uh, Kevin Spacey and Dustin Hoffman. I'm trying to eliminate Kevin Yikes. Spacey from my diet. Morgan Freeman <laughs> is the only one there who I think is... Morgan, don't disappoint me. I just... Yeah. I love that <laughs> film so, Like... Let me count the ways in which I love it. Like, Dustin Hoffman, like, overacts in every scene. Donald Sutherland is in it doing Mm -hmm. the exact same. Morgan Freeman is just, like, chewing things. It's phenomenal. There's a monkey. Isn't that monkey Marcel the monkey from Friends? It's the same monkey. I mean, (laughs) citation may be needed here. But I believe it to be true, because it feels true, that that is Marcel the monkey. That it makes Patrick
2: it. Dempsey get all sick and die. Okay, so then, So that. is that what happened to the cast of Friends? Is that why the show got canceled? I think it <laughs> <Or> <laughs> Marcel White infected. Yeah, he infected all of them. Oh
1: man, That's why we haven't seen the actor who plays Ross in anything else. Exactly. Yes.
2: So basically, <laughs> wash your hands. Thing. Make sure your surfaces are clean. Don't cough on anybody. Stay away from monkeys.
1: Stay <laughs> away from Kevin Spacey. Chapter exactly. yes. rules for life. That
2: too. <laughs> and rules. then we've got to take it on back to I Am Legend.
1: Oh, Remember that?
2: I do remember that. When Will Smith that. was the last person on earth because somebody coughed? <laughs> it all comes back to the cough.
0: Oh, I can't watch that movie again because of the dog.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: Have you dog. seen any of these films? No. Because- <laughs> Emmanuel, what do you do? <laughs> Just watching The Sound of Music again and again, probably. Question for you, Carly. Go for it. You mentioned Donald Sutherland. Big fan. What's the movie that he's in? It's in San Francisco. There's like zombies or Invasion body snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, okay. the remake. Yeah. That's kind of like... A virus, right? Kinda. Yeah. Anyway, that movie's great. <laughs> That's so, his whole thing. Don't hang out with zombies. Exactly. Don't hang out with, with Donald, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland. Don't hang out because Something bad's gonna
2: happen. he turns. So if you are sick and you have the flu, just queue up a few of these movies. Freak no. yourself out. Oh, and then the hallucinations will start. <laughs> you too
0: will hallucinate. Maybe not even Legolas. Maybe it will be Donald Sutherland this time. Yeah. No one wants that.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> well, stay healthy, my friends.
0: Emmanuel Jiménez. Okay. If there's one thing you know about me, other than all of the other stuff you know about me, Everything. it is my love for celebrity interviews. Oh yeah, it's well documented. Vintage, Vin- yes. usually vintage. Mm-hmm. I just love them so much. I, I love digging them out. I love passing them. But I've noticed something. I always tend to bring you the shadiest ones, or oh. the juiciest, yes. or the, the most
1: gossip. <laughs> the Jayla Jennifer
0: one was Lopez uh, comes
2: to mind. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> so, because I'm doing that, I'm not acknowledging the times when an interview with a quote-unquote celebrity, like, produces something that is, like, weirdly profound oh. and meaningful. So, I want to tell you about a 2015 interview with everybody's boyfriend, Paul Rudd. Oh, yes! You guys know and love Paul Rudd, right? Yeah. The ageless Paul Rudd Guess how old he is I can't even guess 48 Oh you cheeky He he is 48 48? What Yeah Okay Rising 49 He's a big boy But he looks exactly the same As he did in Clueless As Josh in Clueless Which is how I grew up with him And I just love him so much. I think
1: I love Josh.
0: Oh, it's just the best. But yeah, he looks the same. So this interview took place three years ago with uh, Chris Hardwick, the comedian, on Chris Hardwick's podcast called The Nerdist. So he comes on this podcast to talk ostensibly about being in Ant-Man,
1: like the new Marvel film Ant-Man.
2: Ant Man doesn't even sound appealing. I gotta get it. It doesn't. I don't doesn't want to sound, sound real. About yeah. Ants? It is real.
1: It's a movie about a superhero who just gets real small. It's like, what? I
2: don't I just, I'm just, I'm It's not, like an SNL sketch. I'm not afraid of anything I can stomp with my boot. <laughs> don't stomp, Paul Rudd. <laughs> I know. Please oh. don't. So they
0: start by talking about Ant Man. And then, weirdly, totally unexpectedly, the conversation mutates like the flu. Ah into this wonderful, outrageous back-and-forth about death. <laughs> oh. oh. Because at some point in the conversation, both Paul Rudd and Chris Hardwick both work out that not too long ago they both lost their fathers mm. to cancer and kind of similar circumstances. And this is what happens, and I want you to hear the clip.
3: It's great to meet someone else in the dead dad club and also not great at the same time. Right, right. But it's, it's you know, it is... Uh, it, That is interesting there you do when you find that kind of commonality where it's like you get weirdly excited where it's like, oh, sweet. Your dad's dead, too. (laughs) Right on. How did your world fall off of its axis?
0: It's great to meet someone else in the dead dad club. Like who talks about death in that way? and like when i heard this the first time i was like genuinely shocked i couldn't believe that this conversation was being had with like paul rudd of all people who is so likeable and like what follows is them just being totally honest and talking about all the things in the guise of the celebrity interview all the things that no one really talks about that much when it comes to death because everyone just gets super uncomfortable dealing with it and no one knows what to say to you and they they talk about how humour is the way through it for them because their business is comedy and that's how they know how to process something and Chris Hardwick is a stand-up comedian too and he talks about how he likes shaming people who don't laugh when he makes jokes about his dead (laughs) dad in stand-up and like if he sees them not laughing he's like well you're kind of disrespecting my father's memory (laughs) right (laughs) now (laughs) So like this is quite out here stuff And for some personal reasons That I won't bring the mood down with By going into like The loss of loved ones Has been a bit of a theme for me And my family this year And Mm. this goofy silly conversation Between like a comedian and a movie actor Is like one of the things That has made the most sense to me Of Mm. anything that I've heard or been told And honestly like if you know someone Who is perhaps maybe going through the same thing Like you could do so much worse Than send them this dumb Paul Rudd interview (laughs) because it's not dumb at all and it's not even much about Ant-Man and they characterise joking about this stuff and genuinely finding something funny and laughing about it as like gifting your brain with that little kind of like jolt of dopamine like Mm. you feel good and why wouldn't you want to feel good if this crazy thing has happened to you, like a death in the family. And the jokes they tell are really on the edge because they feel that they've earned the right to make them. I was going to so. say,
2: who are you going to who, who gonna check me, boo?
0: It is nuts. <laughs> okay, here's another clip. Listen to
3: this. Is there a thing where they say, like, okay, you can have your debt. You have to give this up and you have to give this. You cannot have any money for the rest of your life. Right. You will not have a career. You cannot get married or have children. Sure. Would you give that back? Would you give that up for getting your dad back? <laughs> this, by the way, is the beginning of the greatest game show. That what, I what's pitch the, what's time? the cutoff? <laughs> what's the number? So I, don't, I can't get a. I don't have a career? Not at all. No career. No career. You have to, and this is what, and not only do you not have a career, <laughs> you have to like the shittiest job. What's can, the, where, where are you like, all right, you know what? You can stay dead. Whoa.
0: <laughs> like how dark is this joke that they are making and I love it like the idea of putting like a monetary value on resurrecting your dead loved one like who makes these jokes? I would sign up for a grief counselling
2: club like this. The thing
0: is this makes more sense than like any other like
2: self help stuff I've ever mm-hmm. read. Because like, I process through humor also, so I'm like, well, let's talk about it. Let's laugh. This is the thing. Like this is
0: wild to like go out there and be joking about like their dead dads, like the dead dad club. But the thing is like death is wild too. Mm-hmm. It is nuts. And like people who have lived through this stuff, they talk about, you know, like when illness happens, when death happens. They say that it's like entering the twilight zone because mm-hmm. everything is upside down and it's crap, and nothing makes sense that this has happened. So, why would you not joke about this? Yeah. And I also love how you can hear the folks, like the the folks in the studio, doing that kind of shocked, like "Oh my god, this is happening!" laughter. That, like, are we allowed to laugh at this?
1: And he already told them if you don't laugh, mm-hmm. it's disrespectful to my dead dad. Dad. My dad. Yeah. dad.
0: The conversation turns to like time and how you perceive time when really crappy things happen, and how it kind of changes in your mind. And Paul Rudd says this, and I think. This is probably one of the wisest things I've ever heard
3: anyone say. I remember when my dad died, I talked to another friend of mine, uh, and I you know, he my dad had been dead for about a week and uh, <laughs> everyone and no you. one knows that. yeah, he's he was a week down <laughs> and then um and, and people don't know how to they don't know what to say to you. No one knows what to say when you when somebody has died. They don't know how to deal and some people do and um but I just remember my friend Matt saying like two years. He put a time limit on it. He goes, "2 years." You're going to be sad for two years. After two years, you're going to be able to think about him, and you'll, still, you'll, you'll, you'll be happy. You'll, you'll smile at the thought of him and yeah. not just cry. And he goes, and you'll, you'll never get over it, but you will get through it, and it'll be two years. And I feel like, all right, there's, that kind of makes sense. And I feel like it takes, like if you move somewhere, it takes two years before you feel like that's your home. Maybe it's just yeah. two years is the time frame for anything.
0: Like, mm. that makes sense, right? Two years. Give yourself two years to, like, process something that's really crap or, like, moving home.
1: Two years minus one day, still not over it. Still mm-hmm. not.
0: Ticks over. However. Boom. Into it. Over it. Yeah. And, like, it's so strange that an interview that's ostensibly, like, Paul Rudd promoting Ant-Man <laughs> ends up being, like, one of the loveliest, most honest conversations about, like, loss and grief that I think mm. I've ever heard. And it's just great. And I wanted to bring it to you guys. As if you needed a reason to love Paul Rudd I was Rudd gonna say. More. Now
2: I love Paul Rudd even more.
0: We'll
1: put this under number nine thousand five hundred and twenty-two. Mm-hmm. He's this the best. interview. It kind of makes sense that comedians would be the ones who could handle this subject matter the best, mm. because you often hear the stories of comedians having the darkest yeah. childhoods oh, or yeah. histories like tears or of whatever, kind of thing, and they use that to fuel their craft and make people laugh. Sometimes it goes a little off the rails Mm -hmm. with certain comedians, Mm -hmm. but sometimes in the sweet spot. Actually, Rosie O'Donnell has created comedy, and she lost her mother really early on. Mm. And she said that she's really tight with Madonna because they're part of the dead mom's club. So when you said dead dad's club, I was like, oh, this is a thing, and people seek each other out. Because it's like, okay, we can let our guard down and be comfortable here because I can make a joke about Mm -hmm. my dead parent, Mm. and you will know. That doesn't mean anything deeper than it does. It's just like trying to get through it, just like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was a very human story, and I'm glad you brought it.
0: I yeah. hope so. And like my one PSA would be like, if you do know someone that's going through that, and they make a really tasteless joke, for God's sake, laugh at it. <laughs> just like go with it. They've earned it. Wi- they've earned laugh it. Laugh their them. experience. Don't give them that shock like, oh God. Mm. Like just laugh with them. That's mm-hmm. what they want. <laughs>
2: And now I'm picturing Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna eating popcorn and watching movies. Oh, God, that yeah. sounds wonderful. It's the peak and the pig. Hey! The peak and the pick. Hey!
1: You know what that song means. It's time for our picking and the pig. Hey! So, Jameter, tell us who is going into the pit this oh,
2: week. Oh, listen, as usual, we have a special place for the patriarchy. Oh yes. Mm. yes. Oh, that's yes. like a reserved seat. Yeah, it's at just the like table. literally reserved. The little tombstone is right there. Yeah, we yeah. just everywhere we just leave the pit open and then we just come and shovel more. Go on open table, make the reservation. Exactly.
1: There's a plaque there that says This pit was dug with the support <laughs> and donation of patriarchy.
2: Exactly. It's a little blue
1: plaque. We <laughs> couldn't have done it without you.
2: Right there. So, you know, we all heard that Mary J. Blige got a star on the Walk of Fame recently. That she did. Right?
1: And an Oscar nom.
2: Right? Living her best life. But she's not the only person who is living her best life. There is another woman who has recently got a star on the Walk of Fame. Oh. Forty years after, her partner, Minnie Mouse, is finally getting her due. <laughs> <laughs> and finally getting her star on the Walk of Fame. She joins only two, because I did my Googles. Only Betty Boo two. <gasps> Is she Betty? Betty is not on the list. I did not see Betty on the list. She Damn better be. Okay, I see only two. So Snow White, 1987. Why does she have one? And She's Tinkerbell. She's white. Okay, oh, and another Tinkerbell, one. She's white too. Okay, meanwhile, Lassie done not had a star since 1960. I mean, that dog gets around. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure Mr. Ed has one too.
2: Listen, other characters, cartoons, Big Bird, Bugs Bunny, Godzilla,
1: Kermit the Frog, but no Miss Piggy. Godzilla made a huge mess and he got a star okay, for that. Yeah. He got a star. I, I, I don't like that we're rewarding bad behavior. Okay. stand it up. Yeah. The Rugrats? <laughs> he was not
2: kind. The Rugrats? The Rugrats have a star? Are you kidding me? Shrek has a star. The I'm Simpsons, so of course. Happy. Right. Shrek has a star and yet Sh- I do not. Okay, exactly. The Shrek has a star, The Simpsons I mentioned Tinkerbell, Winnie the Pooh, and Woody the Woodpecker. But
1: it took my girl Minnie all this time, Mm.
2: 40 years after they honored her dude, for her to get a star.
1: Behind every male cartoon character is an even stronger female cartoon character. Okay, okay. Mickey couldn't be half of what he He is. He couldn't have been half. She is the Beyoncé to his JC.
2: Okay. They're both
1: great, but she's better.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wonder, and he cheated on her. I wonder if olive oil <laughs> has a star. Olive oil? Mm. She deserves. She deserves. Putting up a Popeye oil What she her? done recently, though. Um. Let's be honest. So I will leave us all with a quote from British novelist E. M. Foster. <clears throat> about Minnie. <many, laughs> too Loving little it. has been said. And her name at the top of this article, which is an article about how she got her star, is to pay homage. Which ought had been paid long ago. End quote. Give Minnie her due and Miss Piggy too.
1: Come through, E.M. E. Forrester.
2: I'm confused. E.M. Forrester is writing us. He's blogging Still. now. <laughs> yeah, all
0: of that.
1: He came back from from the dead to be like Minnie.
0: Get her her check. This is like that bit in Bridget Jones where she, she pretends she's been talking to F.R. Leavis on the phone. He's like, "Oh, what the uh, the guy who died?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, me and E.M. Forrester are yeah. great
2: friends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> of people who should have stars mm. on the Walk of Fame, this is going to shock Jamidra oh. because a few weeks ago we were asked by a listener in the 100th episode... Which celebrity do you hate irrationally?
2: Oh, yeah. That's
0: true. It was and a good
1: question. we came asked. down pretty hard mm-hmm. on Jessica Chastain.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah,
0: because you have that friend that grew up with her in North yeah. Bay, right? If you
1: didn't hear the episode, apparently Jamita's friend doesn't like Jessica Chastain. That has now
2: she transferred that
1: transferred to me. To Every Jamedra. time I see
2: her, I'm like, hmm.
1: But maybe this will change your mind.
2: <laughs> okay, listening.
1: So she, Jessica, is great friends with Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were in The Help together. They hang out. Kiki, yeah. whatever. And they wanted to do like a buddy comedy together because they're always stuck with either really serious roles or period pieces. And they're just like, let's just have some fun.
2: Let's key, key, key it up.
1: Yeah. And so Jessica found an idea, is producing the whole thing, got Octavia involved. And they were talking about the wage gap mm. in Hollywood in terms mm. of women and men. And Octavia was like, hey, sis, also <laughs> black women don't get paid as much as white women. And Um. here is what I've been paid recently on these movies. Look at the receipts. I just Um. want you as my friend to know this. Help me do better. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Jessica was quiet. And usually when someone from a marginalized group approaches someone with privilege and is like, hey, here's what I'm going through. The privileged person can sometimes feel attacked it's like, well, well, I didn't do, and it's like, no one said, no one said anything like that. This is not me. <laughs> We're not all like that.
2: <laughs> That's the quote I was
1: looking oh, for. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Or they feel uncomfortable, don't know what to say, or they just say, oh, that sucks, and then move on. Mm. Like, they can't
2: sucks for you. do anything
1: mm-hmm. to change that or won't. But Jessica was like, not today. <laughs> mm. She was like, I hear you, and here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to use my privilege to help both of us, but mostly help you.
2: Oh, Okay.
1: tell me more. So in negotiating her contract, she tied what she was going to make with what Octavia was going to make. And she was like, you have to pay both of us the same thing. And they ended up making five times as much as they asked.
0: See? Well, that is delightful.
1: And Octavia was telling this story at a Sundance panel and started crying and was like, I just love Jessica Chastain. This is what a true ally looks like. And if you call yourself an ally, which a lot of people do these days. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Look at my safety pin. (laughs) It's
1: not just a moniker you get to like wear. It is something you do. And Jessica Chastain. It is an action word. Peak of the week to that ally. There you go. Are you
2: allying? Yes. Are you walking
1: the walk? And also peak of the week to Octavia for being vulnerable and opening up to her friend. Not expecting anything in return, but just wanting her to know what's really going on. I would always. Yeah. It's not always easy to share your story because it's like, oh, that person's a Debbie Downer or they're always mm-hmm. complaining or whatever people say. <laughs> so I'm glad this worked out and I love both of them.
2: Come through. So talk Come to on your the friend show. about
1: Jessica Chastain. So now, the next time story. she
2: gives me the, hmm, I'll be like, well, did you know? Well, yeah. Did you know? Drop Pay a truth equity bomb. five
1: <laughs> times more. <laughs> Cha-ching.
2: How do we make this, how do we apply this to our everyday lives? Like, how do we work together so that we can do this? I think we all forward? have to share what we earn.
0: Yeah. We're right? getting there. Yes, we actually are. are. And that's going to be a really uncomfortable conversation. <sighs> but maybe we should. Show me the money. That's a Cuba. film. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, a another peek to Judge Rosemarie Aquilina. Mm. She was the judge presiding over the whole gymnastics abuse Oh, the Larry oh. Nassar thing, yeah. And... Usually the voices of victims aren't really given a platform within the context of a courtroom. Like the accused person doesn't have to sit there and listen. It kind of depends on the judge and what they decide. Mm -hmm. And she decided every woman who wants to speak will speak. Try them out. And so they came out, read their statements and whatever. And he eventually got uncomfortable and wrote a letter to the judge being like, I shouldn't have to sit through all this. And it's very like uncomfortable for me. And it's like damaging for me. Is it uncomfortable for you? Is
2: it damaging for you?
1: There's now a gif going around of Judge Aquilina holding his letter that he sent to her with her thumb and index finger.
2: As if it's (laughs) dirty, which it is.
0: Yes.
1: And she flicks it away. Did she even read it? She was like, no. No, boo. She read it to the court and said.
2: (gasps) She read the letter to the court?
1: Yeah. And she was like, look at this feeble, small man. He thinks this is about him. No longer.
2: Oh, you thought. You (laughs) You thought.
1: Lot. Come on. So, peak of the week to her Come for on. holding people accountable, letting all the people who need to be heard tell their stories, mm-hmm. and with a flick of the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Someone send our a fruit Goodbye, abuser. <laughs> Easing us out of this episode. Right out. E Is a song called Best Friend. Oh. Because we're back together.
0: Yeah. Aww. Oh, my heart just glowed a bit.
1: It's by nyc duo sophie tucker one of them's name is sophie the other one's name is tucker yeah who'da thought it wow they're creative (laughs) so creative they landed number one on the billboard dance show airplay chart which is a thing every time my sister and i heard it in her car on the east coast over holiday break we were just like let's go to the club (laughs) we don't like clubbing but let's go let's do it it's all like you want to go to the club yeah Want to build a downtown? Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, I'm in. You took that it was... literally. You were like, yes, I do.
1: So while this is playing, do you guys want to go to the bar and hang yes. out? Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do All this right. again. See you next week.
3: Bye. Every time you call on me, I drop what I do.
1: You are my best friend, and we've got some things to do.
2: Big thanks to our podcast, Papa David Marcus.
1: Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs for all original music you heard in this episode.
2: Thanks also to our
0: newest team member, Ashley Ann Krigbaum, and also Steel Muller behind the glass.
1: Until next week, you can find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Beauty, without the first D on Twitter, with the first D on Instagram. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm Jamitra says on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Teacup in the Bay, Yo, everywhere. Me
1: Find us on the interwebs. <laughs> Bye. Yo, you want to meet me in the east? Yeah. Yo, you want to meet me in the west? Yeah. Yo, you want to meet me on the block? Yeah. Yo, you want to meet me at the spot? Okay.